spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. It's time to break down what went right and what went wrong during yesterday's game. Severe Reaction is on the air with your host, Michael Severe, and the most important voice of all, yours. Severe Reaction starts now. Powered by Equitable Bank, we take banking personally only on 1620 The Zone. Snap back to Casey. Has some time. Takes a deep shot down the field. Looking for Trey Palmer. He goes out. He makes a catch. 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Yes. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct. Offense, number 69, for throwing a punch on a player who was on the ground. 15-yard penalty from the dead ball spot. Himself from the game. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. This is devastating, Greg. Nebraska is beat up on the offensive line. I got to do the better job with this team. I know we have officials at practice Tuesday and Wednesday, so I'm probably going to have to have officials at practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I got to do a better job. I got to do a better job and um, get them to play under control. And I told them, I said, the, the, the non moving penalties irritates me. And a couple of, you know, pass interference calls, one, I thought one of the balls was, you know, wasn't catchable, but they, they had them locked up. They had them covered. You just had to move your feet. But, you know, it's things that we can clean up, and we'll go back and look at it and, and, and get better. But if you're going to be an aggressive football team, you, you're going to have some, some of those penalties if you're going to be aggressive. But, you know, we're going to go back and look at it because we don't condone that, and we'll get better. Shotgun look. Grant to the right of Casey Thompson. The bulldozer, Brewington on a wing. Now in motion to the far side. Snap it back. Casey's going to follow the rock into the end zone. Touchdown, Nebraska. Casey Thompson off the right side. It's 34 21 in you. Yes. First of all, I want to tell you guys how proud I am of you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for how hard you've worked. You've gone through a lot, all this adversity. And I can't begin to tell you how proud I am of you. Thank you for representing us so well. But tonight is about another guy. His first win. Yeah. Yeah. All right, welcome to Severe Reaction. It is a Sunday following Nebraska's first win under Mickey Joseph as interim head coach, second win of the season, first win over an FBS team and or Big Ten team. Since 364 days ago, right now, 365, last time they beat a team that was in the Big Ten was Northwestern in 2021 on November on October 2nd. Of course, yesterday was October 1st. Huge there. Big win for Nebraska. It was ugly. It was at times painful. It was at times where you said, what in the hell? I've never even seen that before. And when you watch a game, when you say multiple times you've never seen something before, 
Hey, awesome. New experiences. It was great. Uh, I am Michael Severe, Chance, the producer on the other side of the board. It was a late night for a lot of people, I know, because driving back, there was still a good amount of traffic coming into Omaha, coming out of Lincoln. Um, so I'd say probably I got home about quarter to one, somewhere in there. And so I know a lot of people had a late night trying to get back home, probably had a good time as well after the game for a little while because I stayed at the stadium doing some video stuff and editing the sound for this morning for a while. And I thought, man, by the time we get on the road, there won't be anybody on the road. There was not. There was still a lot of lights. There was some slowing down. There was a couple slamming on brakes. But luckily, at least on the interstate, there was no accidents out there. But I'm sure a lot of people sleeping in this morning. But you can always call and contribute to the show, 402-951-1620. We also have NFL football going to be on at the same time. It might be the most difficult show I've ever done in my life. It may be. I've done a lot of shows. I've done thousands of shows over the course of some 20 years, and I have never had to do a show when the Saints were. Closest ever was I used to do um, a Husker show for Jerry Gray back in the day, and it was on Thursday nights, and I did one where I think we went from 6 to 7, something like that, and the Saints game had just come on. That was about it. But I've never had to actually do a show while the Saints game is on. But I'm, I'll, I'll be able to handle it. I'll be, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Uh, lots to get to on the show today. It was, again, it was a very strange game. There was, you know, 23 combined penalties. Um, we had a big hit that wasn't called targeting, right? They got that call right. That ended up becoming an interception that really no one except for the people on the field knew it was a turnover until it was announced by the official. The official, multiple times early in the game, thought he was talking about in Nebraska when he was talking about Indiana or Indiana when he was talking about Nebraska. He pointed the wrong way a couple times. Um, I know both teams have a shade of red. They're not the same shade of red. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to what happened with Turner Corcoran. Um, I know if you heard after the game, Mickey Joseph was wondering whether or not it was actually a penalty. It was. Both of them. One, you're not allowed to pull people off the pile, period. It says it right in the rules. They changed that rule about four or five years ago. Can't pull guys off the pile, no matter what's going on. Turner Corcoran did that the first time. And then the second time, he literally open hand slapped the guy that was laying on the ground. And it was out of anger. You could see it. He, he, he reared back as if he was a four-year-old and took a wild, massive swing and slapped him in the face, and the umpire was looking right at it. There's a great TV view from the end zone looking right down at it, so you see it really well. So anyway, that's why Turner Corcoran got ejected. We'll get into more of that. Um, Nebraska's defense and the improvements, fewer missed tackles, more three and outs. You know, Indiana wants to go fast. One of the byproducts of going fast, though, is if you lose your possession early like that, your defense is on the field a lot longer, obviously. And we saw, I think, Nebraska kind of wearing them down uh, as it went along. Uh, sorry, i got to shorten my, uh, my headphones. Kind of um, wearing them down as they went along. So we'll get into that as well, the defense playing better, some of the adjustments that was made. Hey, just playing other players. Malcolm Herzog getting in there as a true freshman, um, playing very well. And, uh, and, of course, the tie in the Big Ten West, where everybody except for Wisconsin, the favorite in the West coming in, is sitting at 1-1 one and one right now, and Wisconsin at 0-2, but Nebraska tied for first place. Um, who, we all saw that coming, right? No doubt. Let's go to the phones, 402-951-1620. We start with Jim. 
Good morning, Jim. How you doing? Hey, good morning, Michael. Uh, I'm doing great. Say, I, I think what we need to do is uh, ask uh, for some money back from Scott Frost. <laughs> you could see the difference in the coaching. It was just I, I've never seen anything like it. But his major failure was uh, the walk-on program, which he basically had to abandon. I went on Sports Illustrated the other day, and I looked up what they had to say about our 95 team. Yeah. Out of the 85 scholarship players, 35 of them were walk-ons for that 95 national championship team. Yeah. Scott Frost knew all about what walk-ons did for our program, and he basically just let that fail. That's all I've got to say, Michael. I love your show. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Um, obviously, that was a long time ago, and things have changed a lot. And you're not going to have that percentage of your, certainly not your overall players or even your starters being walk-ons. That's not going to happen. But you could still get two or three contributors who come in as freshmen, red shirt, practice, get bigger, get stronger. And then because of that, all of a sudden you got a guy who is, you know, a fourth-year junior who's contributing a lot, not just on special teams, but actually maybe on the defense, maybe even a little bit of offense. We saw it yesterday. We saw a, 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 a freshman, I think he was a freshman walk-on, play yesterday, got 100 yards rushing. So, I mean, in the Big Ten. And occasionally that'll happen. You'll see that. But I overall, I'm not going to... Scott Frost has a lot of things to blame for things that Scott Frost did or did not do over the course of his four-plus years. The walk-on program is down the road, in my opinion. You know, there's a list, and down at the bottom of that list, there's a bunch of little things... And the walk-on program, he brought walk-ons in. He got, here's the biggest problem he did with the walk-on, in my opinion. And this goes back to the whole coaching staff. Um, and, I'm, and I'm not blaming anybody specifically on this one mistake, in my opinion. I think it's an overall problem that happened in the state evaluating talent. Too many times, the guys they chose before walk-ons weren't the best players. They weren't. There were other guys some of which who wanted to walk on here who didn't even get an offer. And that's not on Kenny Wilhite. That's on Kenny bringing guys to it and say, hey, here's the list of guys I think can play at Nebraska eventually, and then them not offering them. And that happened a number of times. The kid from Scut who was at Notre Dame now playing fullback, wanted to come to school here. One of the smartest kids in the state wanted to come to school here. They never offered him a walk-on. And if you watch that kid play at Scut, all the tackles he made, the contributions he made on offense, I know he's a fullback, but he's a special teamer. There are things you could find for him to do. The H-back role that we use different tight ends for, he could have done. Lieben Trips, I believe, is his last name, something like that. But he's, he's at Notre Dame now, taking his big brain and his high GPA and his incredible SAT score, and he went to Notre Dame where he wanted to walk on at Nebraska. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. There's too many guys that you look that they, they offer the preferred walk-on to, and you go, yeah, he's okay, but so-and-so is a better overall player. You know, you, you go to Friday Night Lights, and I, I've been, been going to a game a week for a few years now, and you'll see a kid, you're like, that kid can play at Nebraska. I know he can play. Here's a great example, Westside. Dom Rezac could play at Nebraska. They, they've offered and, and, gave, and eventually given scholarships to guys who are from the state 
who he's better than. Period. Saw him both play. He's better than. Dominic Rezac could be a kickoff returner in the Big Ten. I know he could. Certainly at Nebraska. But, you know, that's not a guy that they decided to put a lot of time trying to get in. And that happens a lot for whatever reason. Um, a lot of mistakes on recruiting, a lot of mistakes on some of the guys you should bring in the walk-on program. I think that that's the biggest thing if I was going to look at blaming Scott for something about the walk-on program. I would say there, there's guys that they picked to be their preferred walk-ons who weren't necessarily the best guys. And then when they did bring guys in, Aiden Young is a great example of this. They brought Aiden Young in um, at Elkhorn, and I, I think he should be on two or three different teams in terms of the special teams. And I really haven't seen him out there. And I don't know. He might be hurt. I don't know. But watching that kid play at Elkhorn, whether it was punt return, punt coverage, it didn't matter. He was everywhere. And that, that's the kind of guy I like to see get early on in the field. You know, to give him a shot. I think you see Malcolm Herzog goes in there as a freshman yesterday. He's not where he's going to be. But you see how hard he played and, and the things that he did and the, the difference he made and the, the punt block by um, – Funny, the plot block is by 31, and the 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 return is by 13. A little inverse thing going on there. But, um, yeah, it was got to give the young guys a chance to get in there, and that's one of the things. Um, Johnny says, take a look at Turner's first personal foul. Looks like Trey Palmer did more of shoving off the pile. Yeah, I, I watched it. The problem is, is with the rule, they say if you pull somebody off the pile or push somebody off the pile, that's a penalty. Right, And again, this has been in place maybe five years. And so it doesn't matter what's happening on the ground because if somebody's on top of you or on the side of you or whatever and you try to get them off you, that's fine. But if you're in a standing position and you reach into the pile to push or pull, they're going to call a penalty on you. And then the slap, again, the slap was very obvious and they end up losing him from the game. The official adds to it, though, by his phrasing because – that phrasing is something I guarantee you've never heard before. You've never heard the way he phrased that personal foul. You just don't. Chance, can you play it again? Play the, play the personal foul call again. The uh, Turner getting ejected. After the play, unsportsmanlike conduct, offense, number 69, for throwing a punch on a player who was on the ground. 15-yard penalty from the dead ball spot. And number 69, by his actions, has ejected himself from the game. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. This is devastating. By his actions, has ejected himself from the game. And it's it's true. It's accurate. But it's the drama. Like, the official was going for some unnecessary drama. Could have easily said, uh, personal foul, number 69, throwing a punch, has been ejected. Period. That'd be good. But he had to pull a bit more into it. He uh, he was overly descriptive at times of penalties. There were some calls that I would say were poor calls. I think they missed some. They probably could have been more flags, which is scary to think of because of the amount that were out there. And I think there was a point in the game where the officials looked at each other and said, this game is going too quickly. <laughs> we're We're going to be inside of our TV window. Let's slow this down because there was a run of – Maybe six penalties on nine plays. And you're like, again? Again? And then the funniest part about it is the majority of the time, if you watch enough football, this this is pretty easy. You know by who throws the flag what the penalty is. You know the situation. You know which official threw the flag. 
You know when they threw the flag? Was it pre-snap? Was it at the snap? Was it after the pass? All those things. And there were a handful of times where I thought, okay, oh, okay, that penalty this, and it was something else. It was just a weird game. Like, I thought they were going to call on the interception that Luke Reimer had, the big hit, balls kind of laying there, he grabs it, gets the interception. I thought they were calling, because there were two flags, I thought they were calling hands to the face because I saw one of the players from Indiana go to the ground, offensive lineman, and his helmet came off. So I assumed, okay, that's hands to the face. Just to the right of that, there was a hold. They called the hold. It it wasn't. I completely missed it. It wasn't hands to the face. It was a, a good block, and as the guy fell, his head went back and the helmet came off. And then the other penalty, you thought, okay, they're going to call targeting. That's what they call now on any big hit. But they didn't. They nailed it. It was a shot to the chest. It was a perfectly legal hit. One of the better hits you're going to see all weekend. And they didn't. They got it right. So, I mean, occasionally the officials even get it right. Um, four out of five games now, Nebraska scored in the open possession. We've talked a lot over the years, going all the way back to Callahan, about scripting plays and what that means and what you can get done by scripting plays. They have to figure out a way to be able to take that consistency that they have of starting the game and recreate it multiple times. Whether it is taking some of the same plays that work, and that was crazy because you had a, I think a six-yard run by Grant and then a two 34-yard passes, the second of which is the touchdown. So, I mean, to Oliver Martin, you just don't see that. But still, they have to figure out a way to, to repeat either the intensity or the method or whatever else because too many times now Nebraska's done that and then had multiple series after that where they just look like they're kind of inept, and that, that certainly can't happen. Uh, Fickle People Brian says they missed the holding pass interference. It's DB on Washington on long pass attempt in the fourth quarter. DB can see pulling his shirt on the hip. Yeah, you see that a lot where they let that go because wherever the referee is, we're, we're seeing a high shot, obviously. We're watching it from TV angle. So it's high and we can see it all. They're low angle and they're seeing through other players. And so if you're a good enough defensive back, you can get away with that tugging stuff, especially at the hip area, um, as long as you don't really turn a guy a lot. But, yeah, they, they, they're they always going to miss some. They threw a lot. They threw a ton. Um, it's not something you see a lot where you, you go over 20. People were asking for the record, and I was telling them that's, that's nowhere near the record because we've seen games that have been worse than that in terms of uh, penalties. Nebraska's punt punt block. October thirty first, two thousand nine, the last time a punt was returned, punt block was returned for a touchdown. Um, it's one of those things we, we were going over the last time, last time, last time. October thirty first, two thousand nine, last time that happened. Uh, last time Nebraska got a win coming off of a bye. This is the incredible thing. At no point, and I know that Scott Frost didn't win a lot of games, so maybe that's a big reason for it, but. At no point during Scott Frost's time here did the team win a game after a bye week, right? That shows you either a lack of preparation, mentally or physically, or just a general ineptness in being able to handle one of the best things that can happen to you. When you hear about the best coaches, one of the first things you will hear, whether it is a John Harbaugh or an Andy Reid, and then the same thing in college, Coming off of a bye, how do they do? Coming off of extra time to prepare, how do they do? 
if it's like a Thursday to then playing next Sunday and you get 10 days, how do they do? The best coaches. Scott Frost never won a game after a bye week and won only, what, one game to start a season, first game of the season. So that you, you could even call that a bye week in a way because you're coming off of not playing a game the week before. But in terms of bye weeks during the season, that's the first time since the Mike Riley era in 2017 that Nebraska won a game coming off of a bye week. A lot more to get to on severe reaction. We'll take your phone calls, 402-951-1620. Anthony Grant had a nice game, very workmanlike, uh, put in the effort, ran hard, got better in the second half after some adjustments were made at halftime. Speaking of halftime, we'll play what Mickey had to say on the way to halftime when he was pretty angry with the way Nebraska had played in the first half, especially the last five to seven minutes. We'll get to that. And much more here on Severe Reaction here on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 